2: For all your equipment financing needs, go currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, hope you're doing all right. Uh, We're not going to hammer on you for uh, procrastinating holiday shopping. But all I'm letting you know is the scroll across the live stream is a way to say hi to that Husker fan, right? The HailVarsity.com and Magazine Combo. Uh, GBR is the code to save 10 bucks, but that that's it for me pitching right
3: now. Uh, we'll get into well, some football. Busy weekend. Well, you, you said it's good for, a spe- or for a, the special Husker fan in your life. I'd like to also add, could be used for that favorite Iowa fan in your life, and you, you can rub it the, in. Now, you, you won the football game. Now, we're going to send you a Hail Varsity magazine every single week. So, that you know you what read. I'm going to do? So, what would be kind of cool is to just
2: jump online right now, HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. And you're telling me I need to get Iowa Russ taken care of. That's exactly what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> and the thing is, is you don't even have to say it's from you. You can oh, just, he'll know. They can just know in January that first magazine comes, they're going to go, what the hell? Why am I getting this Nebraska magazine? See and the they cover, get Russ? It,
2: uh, that's Matt Rule, <laughs> All right? The, the new issue's out, so pick that up. But good to be with you. can watch the show, Hail Varsity, on YouTube. The stream is there to watch the show and, of course, uh, the Twitter handles ESPN Lincoln at HVarsity Radio. For Hale, Varsity Radio, give that a follow. Also catch Coffee and Cream with Damon and Andrew every morning, 7 and 9. That is where you can watch the show as well as hear it on ESPN Lincoln and uh, ESPN Lincoln Facebook. Numbers to dial up, 466 37 466 825 Five eight six five to get involved with the show. You can also email Chris at hailvarsity dot com and give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio Chris Schmidt. That's me or Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence is where you find him. Kind of a newsy Friday uh, when you look at uh, one coach that will not be back uh, officially. Uh, that was reported about an hour ago by the Omaha World Herald and another coach that uh, is uh, off to Nebraska, and uh, that is Philip Simpson, uh, the uh, high school coach at Homestead, supposed to be in town tomorrow as part of the defensive line staff. So we'll get there, 13 visitors this weekend, uh, actually uh, starting yesterday through Sunday. So that's important, Nebraska basketball. Chance to uh, rinse and then get after it to tomorrow in kansas city is it the sprint center is it got a new name i don't know it's been a hundred years since i've been down there but nebraska chance to take down a power five team in kansas state uh, a good commit to earlier today with alvano from west side incredible kicker for the big red and some really good stories uh with the, the traits of, of some of Rule's best teams. That's a, a Sam McEwen special. And Mitch Sherman, also a nice write up. Brady Altman's has been uh, fantastic with Hale Varsity uh, all week and, and, quite frankly, all year. We'll talk to Brady in hour two. Jacob Bedilla, no one better in basketball coverage and volleyball coverage, of course. Jacob with Hale Varsity. He joins us in about 20 minutes. Jacob jacked his hand. He's on the mend. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That's problematic because that dude can can wail away on the computer. But <laughs> I assume there's a program out there that has voice type.
3: Yeah, I'd assume or uh, this, this might just be a, you know, like one of those chicken pecking things with one. Index oh, finger. you, you uh, <laughs> like we all typed before we took typing one oh one? Uh I shouldn't say we all maybe I'm just part of the younger generation. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe typing was just born and bred into me. Okay, well, good. I remember taking it in eighth grade. See, Solid B+. Plus. That's mm-hmm. crazy. We took it in like first grade was when we had typing class. Jeez. That's whenever we started out. We, there, we had there, co- computer there, class. There is
2: the age gap, uh, old guy, young guy. And so Jacob will be with us. I'm going to ask him if we can sign his cast. I don't know if he's going to hit me with it uh, next time I see him or not. But uh, Jacob Padilla with us here to get things going here in about a half hour so uh news on mickey joseph and uh the uh the the former and we can say that now former nebraska assistant in interim initially on administrative leave after uh, his arrest on the 30th of november and uh you have a official separation date by nebraska with mickey on the 6th of december Uh, mickey joseph confirming to the world herald uh that, uh, that Joseph no longer part of the Nebraska football program, that through a university spokesperson, and uh, no comment if Nebraska will uh, give him the remainder of his salary. That's two years at $600,000 per. That's, my math says, $1.2 million. Uh, uh, there was interest, it's being reported, that Rule uh, had uh, high interest in retaining Mickey, at a salary higher than what he was getting at Nebraska, six hundred thousand, and then the stipend for the interim gig—you know, the extra thirty-three grand—that uh, was all, of course, before the arrest. And uh, Joseph facing felony count of assault by strangulation, uh, also denied striking uh, uh, the victim, uh, and uh, you have uh, a, uh, a hearing set for for late January. Uh, and uh, you can obviously be terminated for uh, breach of contract when you break the law especially if it's a felony uh, sounds like mickey's attorney is gonna try and get uh, those charges uh, dropped down below the felony but who knows if they'll still be jail time i'm not a practicing attorney so there's that interesting here with philip simpson the assistant uh, d line coach uh, he's a Former head coach here, at Homestead High School, really built that program. Got Homestead to the uh, the 3A championship against St. Thomas Aquinas. You know some of like the the, the marquee names in the state of Florida, right? Uh, you have Miami Northwest. That's where Levante went. You have St. Thomas Aquinas. You have uh, a number of high level uh, Broward County. Programs and, and Homestead was a, a program that got built up uh, with Simpson. He's a former player for Rule, played defensive line for Rule at Temple. And it, it's really fascinating to see where Nebraska wants to go. And when you come in as a coach to a program in a state that has We'll say limited resources. You have fantastic resources with the in-state players. Okay, You've got really good football in Lincoln. You've got incredible football in Omaha. You have tremendous football in some of the smaller communities as you scan and span the state. There's a player, I would venture to say, in every county for you. Okay, all 93 of them. And it's Nebraska's job to... Uh, try, try and keep them all either as a walk-on, which is harder and harder to do in today's day and age of college football. But uh, I think Coach Rule's going to try. Uh, I think Coach Rule's done a really solid job of uh, making the rounds and continuing to make the rounds. He'll he'll really hit it after spring because Matt Rule's a fantastic relationship guy, by all accounts. And he'll no doubt go do that in the state of Nebraska. And he'll probably do it in in some surrounding states. Get connected with the right folks in South Dakota, in Iowa, in Kansas, the Kansas City region. Get out there into Colorado, which will be even more difficult with Coach Prime there. But that 500-mile radius has always been monster for Nebraska. And find a way in, get a foothold, in Missouri. Nebraska's had so much talent come from the show-me state. It'd be nice to get back there again. And when it comes to recruiting and the assistants you hire, Nebraska Elijah, I think, is pretty well fanned out in a great way with who they brought in staff-wise, where these guys' connections are at, their age range. And then you look at, at Philip Simpson, and he's a guy – That's recently been a peer of some of the best high school football in the country because he's been coaching against it. And he built a team uh, that went and played for a state championship. So you've got your recruiting ties to Florida. You've got more than enough reinforcements to go make a dent again in Texas if you're Nebraska and then hit the in-state and 500-mile radius clearly and that's a solid plan and you've got people to do it where you bring in people with either you know or maybe you don't know. Look at coach White, never coached together. Obviously there's there's connection with the UCLA tie, but you're taking the best from each to build a solid pool of options if you're Nebraska, not to just cast the old fishing line out there to see if you uh strike it rich and get a monster indomicon Sioux type whale that'd be really cool if you're a nebraska fan but for the most part does this kid fit is he a a freak athlete that seems to be the uh, the mo for what type of player nebraska wants to recruit uh, not only just on the lines are you athletic are you tough are you physical but when it comes to the skill guys they're all it looks like just speed demons and uh, are, are pretty tough kids. So I like how this is shaping up with uh, with the people that have been brought in for Nebraska and then the obvious ties to some of the regions they have to help bring in talent, but, but at a priority, keep the in-state talent here.
3: And what I like about Simpson in this role, and that's where we kind of started this conversation off, so I want to get back to him really quick, is... Sure, he's good on the field. He, he did a great job turning around the, the Homestead football program. This, uh, last night actually, was their first time making it to a state title game in 43 years as a high school. They've always had some issues with fielding competitive football teams. And sure. he turned around, took them to a state title game. They dropped it to a national powerhouse, St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. But led them there and uh, just did a phenomenal job turning around the program. It was a team that was sitting around 500 uh, in the, the years before Simpson took over in 2019. Their first year, uh, he went 2-8. and eight. And then three and three the year after that, the COVID shortened season, and he said, those first two years were not about victories on the field, they're about victories off the field, winning in the classroom, and getting rid of team cancers. He said, The more I <laughs> dug in, the more Jeez. the more bloodshed in terms of players and coaches dismissed <laughs> from the program. But the only way to find the cure was to get to the root of the problem, which was, as he said, guys within the team that we're not all fully in bought or in. Not. We're not yeah. fully bought in. We're not all about winning on and off the field. So that was his first step, and he went and turned it around that way. And uh, he's stepping into a role. I think he fits very well with Nebraska, where he's gonna be assistant D line coach. I have a feeling that his roles are gonna be you know, you hear about the the coaches that are going and checking in classrooms, making sure all the players are there going and down to the bars and making sure there aren't players in the bars on weeknights before practice. That kind of coach, it seems like to me, in that role as well as a recruiter. And you wonder about the connection he played under Matt Rule. He was a a Temple defensive lineman. Whenever Matt Rule was a defensive line coach, and Matt Rule actually was a guy who turned him into a defensive lineman. He came into college as a quarterback.
2: And a punter. (laughs) Quarterback and a punter. (laughs) Hey, you're kind of a crazy dude that throws it. Why don't we put
3: on about 100 pounds and go get the opposing quarterback? Well, you want to find a guy that understands how to go find, you know, not your conventional talent, some some – some diamond-in-the-rough type guys, that's what he was. It's Matt Rule is a guy who went down to Florida and found a quarterback, first-team all-conference, and said, you know what, I think you are a defensive lineman. We're going to turn you into defensive lineman." And Simpson's a guy who went through that whole process of – going from a diamond in the rough to a diamond. He did it under Matt rule. Now he gets reunited with Matt rule and they get to kind of work on that type of thing together. So uh, that's what I'm really excited for with Simpson. Not only what he does off the field, the type of person he is to build football programs, but also he's been there and done that in terms of being a guy who's a diamond in the rough. And he knows what it takes to turn that, that diamond into something special.
2: Well, it takes pressure, right? To form diamonds. And uh, that will be no doubt uh, imparted on Those that stay and those that come to Nebraska, it's not going to be Camp Easy Street. But I do believe in what type of fundamentals Coach will be preaching along with his assistants and, above all, practicing and getting good at your craft and finding a way to to be a difference maker there. Uh, A nice sit-down with with Mitch Sherman as he uh, runs down the Blueprint uh, Explained uh, with with what, what's what's an ideal person, and it's been um, underlined and circled this week. Uh, the ideal person may not be on a recruiting chart with a four or five star next to his name. Could be real easily. Could be, but it might be a one or a two star dude, or even that three star. That all right? What do you project him as? What can you make him into? And can you uh, can you win that way? And it's pretty interesting here with uh, Baylor, where they were ranked at the beginning uh, of the, the recruiting cycle. Here's what your class finished with. Okay. Uh, but as you reevaluate the recruiting rankings, how did the rec- if you, if you re- reclassify the recruiting rankings, and, and, and the athletic does that a lot, uh, you, you're, you're plus 20. You may be ranked fortieth, and the class at the at the end of the the time these kids attend and they go play and win. Oh, that dude got drafted. That guy got drafted. You you, you jump twenty spots or so into a top twenty class. You turned the, no, the number forty five class into a a twenty second ranked class, and you won some ball games and uh, you competed for a Big Twelve title at the time. So I think that's 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 a lot like old school nebraska where some of the classes were typically top 20 or or in that 25th ranking but by the end of the day it was a 10 win football team probably a conference champion and uh, a squad that uh no doubt went down to an orange bowl so we'll uh, spend some time get jacob padilla's thoughts On recruiting, but more so his take on Husker basketball, big weekend against Kansas State. Also, a prep preview from Jacob, uh, the weekend of hoops in the uh, Nebraska State. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency.
1: And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time.
2: Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Jacob Padilla with us here to talk some prep hoops, and of course, Nebraska basketball, maybe even get a take on recruiting from him as far as the philosophy goes, at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, hold up the cast. We are streaming on TV. There it is. And uh, my friend, don't take this the wrong way, but Elijah and I want to sign it. Can we do that sometime?
4: <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess so. I'm going <laughs> back like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Get, going back in on Monday to get kind of the follow up check in uh and then a couple weeks I think before I have to go back in after that, assuming all is well. So we'll see. It's kind of a more of a splint right now, soft cast deal mm. that uh figure out what they're gonna do beyond that. Doesn't well, sound like I'll need surgery now, but good, uh, good. that's that's the upside. No,
3: that is the good news. And I will say if we if you don't give us the chance to sign the cast, I will take the leftover pain pills as a consolation prize, so uh, let me know how that is. <laughs> Somebody's I giving me the look. <laughs>
4: uh, wow. a lot of pain. They were surprised by how little I was in, actually. Uh, it's kind of weird, but this is just ibuprofen for me. You look mm, at him.
2: Tough good dude. I love it. So to, to further this urban legend, were you slapping the top of the backboard to, to alter a shot, or were you hanging on the rim after posterizing someone?
4: Uh, I, I wish that were the case. Unfortunately, it was on defense, uh, playing with a, a friend who uh, is about six nine, and I was just kind of doubling over and trying to recover to him, catching the ball underneath the basket, and just caught my hand on his arm and heard a loud crack. Oh. And at, at first, uh, I didn't realize, like, I didn't know I'd broken anything because uh, I my pinky was moving fine because that's what caught, but. Uh, I played a few more possessions and realized, uh, no, there's something wrong here. (laughs) Uh, so that, that was it.
3: Yeah, with the, with the finger injuries, I swear, there's always the delayed pain where you don't quite realize what has yeah. happened because I, I still have a bent pinky from my, my high school football days and I didn't realize right away what had happened and I looked down and go, oh, my pinky is moving the other direction. Then. I
2: opened a beer yeah. wrong one time and that's how I hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Jacob, big opportunity for Nebraska. I know you caught up with Fred and uh, the, the Husker squad th- this morning and uh, let's just Take a, a quick look back to Purdue and, and now fast forward through the week that's been finals and recovery. You, you go from three games, a, a big-time stretch of, of Creighton and Indiana and then Purdue and, and K-State. I mean, this is uh, – Nebraska basketball fans are flocking to to the bandwagon just because of how this team is. And as, as you assess where they're at early in this season – um, what, what are your takeaways, not only from the, the Purdue effort, the energy, but also as, as they try and get back on track tomorrow?
4: Yeah, kind of my takeaway so far is w- with Derek Walker and Sam Briso both in the lineup, it looks like they are kind of closer to the top end of what I thought this team could be if things fall into pl- if fell into place, where the, the defensive effort, the, the, the increased focus on that end, the scrappiness, that's all there. Um, they, they've got two guys that are kind of doing everything for them in Derek Walker and Sam Briso. And then everybody's kind of playing off that, um, they're giving themselves chances to stick in games with defensive, uh, effort, um, playing hard, not giving up all those sorts of things. The the, que- the big question was, uh, the offense and who was going to be able to consistently create efficient scoring chances for themselves and others. And right, again, they, they scored 62 points in an overtime game. They, they held Purdue to its, low, its worst offensive game of the season. It was the number one team in adjusted offensive efficiency going into that game, according to Ken Pom. And Nebraska held him 65 points, but that wasn't enough to get a win because they could not get the buckets down the stretch. Uh, they had that possession where he had six chances to take the lead on one trip down the floor and couldn't make any of the shots. And then in overtime, you're going back and forth for a while there. But then in the in the last minute, Nebraska just kind of ran out of gas and forced up a couple of tough shots and couldn't get that that last big bucket to go down. So um, right now, I think this this team is about on track for what I thought it could be. And now the question is, are they going to be able to get over the hump uh, in in conference play against some of these teams that they're going to face? Are they going to be able to make those plays down the stretch? Uh, to, to take advantage of the fact that they're they're giving themselves a chance to stay in these games.
3: Well, Jacob, you mentioned the Purdue game, and the, the shooting was a little bit disappointing, but I don't think any Husker fans are disappointed in the performance as a whole. When you look back at the last three, I think the one game you might be a little bit disappointed is Indiana, but there are a couple of factors there where, you know, the shots weren't falling early against Indiana. Indiana got a little bit of a rhythm on their home floor, and they got some momentum going, and, and Nebraska wasn't able to play with Sam Griesel in that game due to illness. When you look at those three factors, what do you think the biggest factor from a disappointing performance against indiana was and how is nebraska going to be able to, to circumvent that in the future
4: yeah I, I almost don't even really consider that too much because of greasel being out mm-hmm. and that's that's where they're at with this roster is mm-hmm. they just don't have any margin for error they have to have all their pieces they have to have multiple guys kind of playing well in a given game in order to to win a game like that or even to stay in a game like that and really it was a greasel absence they fell behind 20 to 15 out of the gates early or 20 to five rather um, early in the game and then for the most part they kind of played him even the rest of the game but that was just too big too big of a hole to dig themselves out of they got it down to seven a couple times which again shows that fight that that uh, i think that fred Horberg Hol- is happy about but you just can't dig yourself that much of a hole and i think a lot of that was adjusting to not having their point guard because they- they're just so limited in terms of ball handling uh, and you take their best ball handler their best creator out of that now everybody's forced into to, to step up a role and they, they, they weren't great in their roles initially to begin with. So you, you put even more pressure on them. Then that, that weakness gets exploited even more. So I don't even basically at this point, I'm only really looking at the games where Walker, Greasel were, we're both active. You got everybody around them in terms of what this team really is. The, the early non-conference games, they happen. But I mean, I'm not looking back that far. Even that first Memphis game where Walker had the nine turnovers, that was, that was just a lot of rust, a lot of not playing, guys getting used to him again. I'm, I'm really only looking at those uh, the, the three-game winning streak and then that Purdue game right now. It's about four games of what this team is supposed to look like, uh, and that's kind of what I'm basing it off of. That being said, there was a, a lack of defensive um, uh, execution in that Indiana game uh, compared to the Purdue and Creighton games where it was a very similar game plan in all three, and I think as a team, they just executed that game plan uh, much better against both Creighton and Purdue. And then also guys missed shots that Indiana players hit.
2: Jacob Adilla's is with us. Husker basketball thoughts at Jacob Padilla underscore. Uh, catch him with com magazine. And, of course, two different podcasts on the Heard Ad Network, uh, Jacob, does a great job with uh, the basketball beat uh, breakdown. So Nebraska's effort and keys are what tomorrow? Tell us a little bit about K-State.
4: The number one key on Creighton's end of the floor is taking care of the ball. Uh, Kansas State is ninth in the country in forcing turnovers, opponent turnover rate. And it, they do it a little differently. They're not quite like St. John's where it's just chaos mm-hmm. and chaos. Uh, extreme ball pressure and all that um the key is they uh fourth in the country in non-steal turnover percentage so they just force you to give the ball away they force you into travels and moving screens into throwing the ball out of bounds they just make you execute at at a really high level and it's tough to do with the the, with the way they defend uh drum tang coming over from uh scott drew's staff over there at, at baylor um he's kind of brought that game plan with him to Kansas state and they're off to a a great start to the season. Uh, And and then on the defensive end of the ball of the floor, it starts it's Keontae Johnson and it's Marquise Noel point guard. uh, Noel is fourth in the country. I believe in assists at 8.2 a game um, scoring 14 points a game as well. So he's a dynamic playmaker that gets everybody else involved. And then Keontae Johnson, the, the Florida transfer who, Took a look at Nebraska uh, before landing at Kansas State. Once he decided that he wanted to resume his career following the heart issues that that, that ended his Florida career prematurely, and he's been back out there. He's been healthy. He started uh, ten games, playing thirty-one minutes a game, is putting up seventeen points and six and a half boards a game, on nearly sixty percent from the field, including fifty from the line, or from three-point line. Wow. So, right, that's kind of where it starts. You you got to take care on the ball and offense to give yourself a chance. And then defensively, you got to find a way to, to match up with Noel and Keontae Johnson and limit their damage.
2: Jacob, about three minutes. And then I'm going to keep you for a couple of minutes on the other side for, for a high school preview this weekend. But uh, overall, let's zoom out K state big 10 schedule. Nebraska needs how many wins for postseason? And do you think this team's good enough? If they keep getting, better and stay healthy could they could they look at the nit and i know the, the ncaa tournament's where you want to go but nit doesn't seem right now that that's out of the realm of possibility when we've seen nebraska so far at their best or at least uh, they've got a puncher's chance uh, right now looking at them am i crazy to think that
4: uh, yeah, i mean if they can continue this this kind of upward trajectory look looking at Kempom right now they project nebraska to finish 14 and 17 uh-huh. and um that but that i mean they've played half their games without both of their two best players so i think they're they're you look at just the game since walker's been back um like looking at bart torvik where you can kind of pick a start date um they're like top 60 uh, in his rankings okay um with, with uh, since walker's been back so um, they're, they're kind of inching forward. Um, they're going to have to win some of these games. Um, they're going to have to pull some upsets, but uh, they've got a chance to, uh, again, I, I don't know. I haven't s- settled on uh, what I think a, a good win total would be for them to target, what it would take to get to the post Cause it's, again, it's only been four games where we've gotten to see what this team r- is really supposed to look like. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I need to see a few more games into the into big 10 before, I get a real feel for sure. what kind of season this team is going to be able to have, but it certainly looks like that's something that isn't entirely off the table at this point, which you can't, you can't have said in previous years. Like they don't have uh, a, a, buy game loss. They don't have games where they've just gotten completely embarrassed for, for the most part so far this season. They, they've been pretty scrappy. Um, and again, played half the season without one of their best players. So um ask me again uh in <laughs> uh, in a week or two sure. uh, and then I'll have a better answer for you but that is something that I think is within the realm of possibility some kind of, of postseason whether one of those smaller tournaments NIT um but you, you got to start with getting out of the Big 10 seller and it looks like the, the they'll have a chance to do that this year based on how minnesota uh, and northwestern look in particular
3: jacob last thought this segment about 15 seconds you you mentioned they need to start stacking some wins together do you like their chances against kansas state tomorrow
4: again it's it's a tough matchup but it is a team that i I don't think outclasses nebraska in talent overall it's a it's a game that i think they'll be able to hang in and give themselves a chance to win question is can they make those plays down the stretch
2: Couple more minutes with Jacob Padilla. We'll hit the uh, the prep weekend schedule. Find him, follow him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. And uh, Jacob uh, playing hurt, but he is uh, manning up. Love it that we didn't do that. I promise. Uh, uh, Jacob uh, is coming on back with us. A Hail varsity presented by Currency.
1: And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by Currency. Christian, Elijah, Herbal, Jacob, Padilla, and uh, we'll get you the rundown here shortly of Nebraska's visitors this weekend for Coach Rule. Nebraska big recruiting weekend, early signing day uh, coming up here on Wednesday. Jacob, the weekend of prep hoops action. What's uh, piqued your interest? Who who are some of the, the matchups you're watching?
4: Yeah, it's an uh, interesting week. It's, it's almost too bad I'm going down to Kansas City for the Nebraska game because there's some good matchups on Saturday. Uh, Lincoln East coming off that loss to Lincoln High last night. Uh, I was at that game uh, that went down to the wire. They're going to Creighton Prep for Christmas in the cage on That's Saturday. That's awesome. So that place will be, <laughs> yeah, that, that place will be a little extra fired up for that one. And uh, East coming off of a loss where they shot two for 20 from three, which is definitely not characteristic of them you know they'll be looking to get back on track. So that's got a chance to be a pretty good one. Um, Lincoln Southeast at Gretna, another chance for Southeast, who's only 2-2. Two and two. Um, But they've they've faced a tough schedule so far. The losses have been to East and to Miller uh, North. North. Yeah, so they'll have a crack at Gretna, who's ranked number two right now, one of only three unbeaten teams left. Um, and Lincoln Northeast, uh, who I believe that you're going to get to see against W.S., yeah, they not Gretna to overtime. Yeah, they took Gretna to overtime week one um, and f- fell on that one. That's their only loss so far this season. So, um, definitely some good matchups so far uh, this weekend. Jacob, as it stands right
3: now, can you give me a, a team to beat in Lincoln and a team to beat in the Omaha Metro in high school basketball? And obviously we're so far from March that I'm sure a lot can change between now and then as people, you know, are getting from football into the, the basketball flow and recovering from some injuries during football season, I'm sure as well. So so I'm sure this can change, but as it stands right now, can you give me a team the to beat? Jacob Padilla power rankings.
4: Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, it's Bellevue West, number one with the bullet right now. Um, I think they're kind of clear, uh, at, at top tier themselves. Uh, and then everybody else is kind of chasing beyond that. Uh, Gretna and Miller North are the other two, only other two unbeaten teams at this point, point. and both those teams have kind of scraped by in, in some games recently. Um, WS is a team with Josiah Dotsler, who uh, committed to Creighton. He, he's a difference maker, um, and they, they've got a really good supporting cast around him. They've got sides inside. Jacob Arope is back after missing the, the, the first handful of games for them. They're kind of easing him back into the lineup after uh, some injury issues. There, uh, they got Robbie Garcia as a sophomore big guy inside, so they kind of got uh, they got some multiple pieces there in the front court, and then got shooters slashers or, or around Doutsler. So Bellevue uh, West, uh, like I said, you will get a look at them. They're uh, they're definitely number one right now until proven otherwise. In Lincoln, I, at this point, I have no idea. No, everybody everybody's lost at least once. I think Southeast was the team that most were, were highest on going in the season and they've lost twice already, including to Lincoln East and Lincoln East didn't have last year's leading score and Carter Templemire in that game. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of like, Oh, what's going on there? Uh, East uh, Southeast has the pieces, I think to, to, to kind of round back into form, but they definitely have some ground to make makeup. Um, and I, I still like Lincoln Southwest. Uh, it, just in terms of, they have a length that really nobody else can match. Uh, just going across the board there outside of Ryland Smith, it's all, uh, super long. It's six, six uh, across the board, basically outside of the point guard position. So they can switch everything. They got a lot of length. Uh, if they can get a little bit more consistency outside of players, not ma- named, uh, Chuck Love, uh, Southwest has a chance to kind of emerge from that pack. But right now it's anybody's, uh, it's kind of the, the race is wide open down in Lincoln. And I kind of wrote about that a little bit at the end of my uh, kind of recap from that Lincoln East-Lincoln High game.
3: Yeah, Jacob, I I got a chance to see that Bellevue West team last week, and they were really impressive. But there are still some holes in that roster, and it almost feels like a year where anyone can beat anyone. Like, if if Bellevue West has a night where Josiah is a little bit off, they seem to me to be a little bit beatable. And I just don't see a clear-cut number one team in the state right now in terms of – expect them to to lose only two or three games here. I think anyone can really beat anyone this year in terms of that that upper echelon of high school basketball talent
4: yeah the, the top end we don't have a bunch of multiple teams with multiple division one players mm-hmm. this year like we've seen the last few years where Millard north they've been loaded w s they've been loaded um, you've got uh team uh, a team like Creighton prep that was super that was senior heavy but also had some uh, underclass talent as well that kind of go with that a few years ago when they had that epic uh semifinal with ws uh so i think the, the 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 talent just isn't as deep in terms of surefire division one um upperclassmen at, at this point um so that's where it does kind of open the, the door to to more teams being in in the mix uh and it should be make for an interesting uh kind of race uh to march here for sure
2: millard north saw them against southeast they were down 12 and just willed their way back in both teams uh, had tough offensive nights in the second half, but the Miller North survived to overtime and then kind of flipped a switch and and found a way. So they, they have uh, my tip of the cap with what they did. And I think Southeast will settle down with their turnovers. They've got some big-time talent. Jacob, just about a minute here, but just overall you take with, with Matt Rule uh, and, and Nebraska football, just his approach with how – how he's he's been everywhere, his staff has been everywhere, and uh, just some of the recruiting ties they they seem to have uh, and they're always of course prioritizing in state it looks like a pretty good recipe right now
4: yeah uh it definitely seems like he's he's putting in as much effort as you possibly can at this point between the, the traveling the the getting uh, others involved the the reaching out in person over the phone, just kind of um just doing everything he can at this point to like, let people know, Hey, I'm here. I'm at Nebraska. Um, This is how we're going to get things done here. And we've got a place for uh, players from your program. We've got a place for you to, to the players here that can come and help us get this thing turned around. And obviously they're going to go after some of the high end targets as well, but they're, they're taking, uh, they're making some bets on like, Hey, we can bring this kid in and, and develop them and turn them into the kind of players that he had at temple and Baylor that led to his success guys like um like Jalen Lloyd who's going to make a decision uh coming up here on Saturday uh got, got Nebraska in that mix ex- uh, expanded his top four to a top five put Nebraska firmly in, in the mix there so we'll see what his final decision is there but I think they did a great job with uh with the recruitment there obviously mm-hmm. Tristan Alvano just committed today uh that's a that's a big get for them and it's one where you came in uh and did a great job like he he had some other options out there he had some some high-level programs that maybe hadn't quite offered the, the full scholarship yet but that were very interested but uh matt rule and his staff did a great job realizing all right hey um this this kid can help us so let's go after him let's let's make him feel comfortable here um so i i'd like to start that they're off to uh, we will see kind of ultimately where they settle in in terms of all right what, what can you get to supplement some of these developmental prospects what what can you do in the transfer portal to maybe make year one a little bit easier than we've seen in the past from Matt Rule rebuilds. But I definitely like what I've seen from them so far.
2: Jacob, uh, stay healthy. Uh, thanks for jumping on, doing a, a, a great segment, Playing Hurt, although you're just an ibuprofen man, Elijah. Remember that. And a safe trip down to Kansas City, bud, and then we'll look forward to your coverage in Nebraska K-State. Thank you for a few minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk See, to you later. There he is. Jacob Badilla with us. I'm glad it's just a soft cast for him. For now. <laughs> well, come on now, man. <laughs> Jacob's like, well, yeah, I played a few more for minutes, a few more possessions, uh, and just rubs some dirt on it.
3: It's the kind of guy he is. He totally. Team player toughness shows grit on the floor. That, that's, that's Jacob Padilla. His basketball teams play with that mindset, and he plays with that mindset, and he, he works rights for Hale Varsity with that mindset as well.
2: Big time. We will uh, hit some of the recruits that are in town, give you the names and some of the ideas. Who's Nebraska competing with? Bill Dolman in 15 minutes. Brady Oltman's also from Yale Varsity on the way. Hello, listener. full year of hail varsity that's hail backslash subscribe promo code gbr
1: chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris and hail just try me try me back to hail varsity radio what
2: final time this hour, Hail Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. In the green room, the Pride of Fairberry, Bill Dolman joining us, NBC Sports, and uh, The Professor. So we'll talk to Billy D here in about 10 minutes. Uh, maybe, make sure he does not wander off, Elijah. Get him uh, refreshments if need be. Uh, that was very classy of you to ask for. Uh, For Jacobs
3: would be pain pills. pills. (laughs) Hey, shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Schmitty. There there you go. Wayne Gretzky Uh, said that. Sure. Michael Jordan said that. Michael Jordan, I'm (laughs) I'm sure,
2: said that too. But uh, Nebraska taking many shots here this weekend, 13 visitors. Uh, Portal guys, we've detailed Malik Hornsby quite a bit. His track athleticism, uh, minimal... Snapshots at at quarterback, but at least one start a year uh, uh, well, this season against Mississippi State. But a couple of guys to to look at from Florida from Gators. You need some
3: coffee. <laughs> it's starting to it's starting to set it on a Friday. Yeah, I'm ready for the uh, weekend. <laughs> Corey,
2: Corey Collier a safety, six two one seventy, super athletic, rangy, pretty physical. It's safety that uh, Nebraska could add from the portal. And then you have uh, Chief Borders. Uh, you know, whenever I, I hear Chief, I, I think that's just a great name because you have that one friend that maybe calls other people Chief. Anywho, this Chief is off the edge at 6'5", 240 pounds, and you love that frame and uh, got enough initial wow from high school to be a, a Gator. Uh, another look here at uh, running back Chiron Jones. This is interesting. Because, again, another track guy, another 10-6-100 guy, and I think Coach Rule's trying to collect as many 10-dot-something-100 guys for the Nebraska football roster. What's opened this door for Nebraska is Tim Beck. And Tim Beck has a history uh, about recruiting uh, pretty wild running backs, at least when he was at Nebraska uh, him and Papuchas did uh, wonders to get a guy named Burkhead. Tim Beck, uh, later into the recruiting process, found a guy named Amir. So Tim Beck's got a pretty good eye for for running back talent that's got good burst, athleticism, balance, can catch the football. Jones seems to fit that. the The, the question is, can he? Will he flip from uh, from NC State? That's the the question. You've lost Beck. You lost Mr. Garrison. Uh, former Nebraska offensive lineman John Garrison, great O line coach at NC State, hired away by Lane Kiffin a little more than a week ago. So
3: does that open the door for Nebraska to get Jones? Do we have confirmation that Eric Fields is going to be in town? I talked to you about him. That's it that's his line He's a
2: linebacker at uh, Admore, Oklahoma.
3: Yes, this guy is worlds of talent, super impressive. like the type of diamond in the in the rough type guy not ranked in recruiting services. I believe he's currently in Arkansas State soft commit. Yeah, and, no, no power five offers. This kid, I watched his has film. He two, two five offers. He had Okie State and Tech that's come in late on Okay, him. Tech's come in late. Okay, I, but, I, I but look at this guy. point's well taken. This guy is one of the most phenomenal-looking athletes on high school tape that I've seen in a long time. I can't for the life of me understand why he isn't ranked by recruiting services. Runs a 10 800 uh, at, oh, at a little over 200 pounds. Plays linebacker, had 180 tackles his senior season, averaging 18 per game. The dude was all over the field. That's Bill Dolman type numbers at Fairbury High. And his dad, also a very good professional boxer that fought for a uh, WBO belt.
2: Yeah, so the boxing background.
3: I love this kid. I hope he's a Husker. This is one of the guys that I've been more excited about than a lot of recruits in a long time. Bill Dolman's up next. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, You fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org.
2: Thanks for hanging out into Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Big recruiting weekend and uh, always thinking about football. The Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Professor Bill Dolman with us. We want to say thanks to our friends at Pipeline Jerky for sending us uh, some some jerky, man. We've got the uh, peppercorn beef. And we have the honey barbecue. Pork. I tell you what,
3: I'm excited for the uh, the honey barbecue pork jerky. I've never once tried pork jerky in my life. This will be a new experience for me, so I'm uh, very excited for that. And honey barbecue, that sounds good. It is. Dolman, you're a vet
2: of many road trips. Uh, one time you even uh, let me tag along to Kansas City for uh, Affiliates Day uh, down to, to see the Royals. And uh, you are a, if, if memory serves, a big beer nuts guy, and, and you like your share of jerky. How you doing, man?
5: You know, I, I was doing fine until I saw that uh, cachet of uh, a, a jerky you got going on there. I've got the uh, competitor back in my in the drawer behind me, but you know, I guess uh, that's a hint. But no, I'm 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 doing okay. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I thought Connor might be um, in today. I think, I think I'm just going to give him a, a nickname of underscore, but I, I understand that he didn't want me to make fun of his Twitter handle, but I was looking over my, my uh, class roster for one of my courses next semester, and I brought a red pen. No, no. Um,
2: the red pen case, of death?
5: <laughs> just in case. In fact, uh, depending on Connor's behavior, I've got two of them. Uh, but anyway, I digress. What,
3: what you got to start doing is first week of the next semester in syllabus week, you got to make sure, like, I get to know me type worksheet. And at the top of it is Twitter handle. And you're deducting grade points from the final <laughs> grade based on how many underscores. <laughs> one grade point per underscore. Wow. <laughs> well, Connor, you have a
2: new is Twitter handle. Nice heard- to see you again.
5: <laughs> I never heard the word underscore until like five years ago. And I don't know why it's necessary, but I know you got one, too. So
2: yeah well, there's too many Schmidts in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's that's where I'm at with it. Bill, let's uh, spend some time here on on Matt Rule in and, and his tour this week. He's been to Pennsylvania. He's been to the state of Nebraska, clearly, back in the state of Nebraska for a, for a weekend visit. and some really good uh, stories out about his philosophy. And uh the the confidence he has in his ability to develop, but it's it's more of a, a, a profile and, and fit versus a a reach for the stars type approach. And and I know you were around Nebraska football when they had a, a fantastic mesh of blue chip where you're winning games, you're winning big eights, you're winning big twelves, but also Oh, here's a walk on uh, named Keneally that turns into to one of the best. So let's touch on that a minute here to start, just where things can go in a football program when you're you're kinda of getting the best of both worlds.
5: You gotta have the blue chip and you gotta have the blue collar. And especially at Nebraska, because that's you know part of the culture of the state. Look, you know, uh, everybody by now knows my, my my thoughts on the whole recruiting thing. But what is impressive are uh, the effort that he and his staff that <laughs> the staff that he has. The efforts that they have made to to uh, embrace the job, embrace the culture of Nebraska and understand that you got to go far and wide and near to find the best players who are going to fit your program and fit the culture. So I I applaud. I think everybody's applauding the efforts. And really, I kind of go back to the whole process. You know, Nebraska had, what, 76 days of a coaching search that was very intensely watched here but it was also pretty intensely watched nationwide who's going to get the nebraska job who's going to get the nebraska job it was in terms of coaching searches it was top of mind so when that rule's name started to surface to the front uh, the two weeks before he was hired you know that that gave people an opportunity to to take it in, to digest it. Football people think, well, this could happen with Matt Rule to Nebraska. And then when the hire was made, Nebraska did a great job of you know getting out in front of all, all the headlines. And they had the news cycle to themselves on that Saturday. The national media, I said this before, the national media did Nebraska a great service because they talked about the hire. They talked about how great a fit it is. And all those national media people um, did Nebraska service by uh, saying this is a good hire. So now all of a sudden, prominent recruits who may not have committed someplace or those whose commitments were not all that binding um, got a chance to take a look at Nebraska and think, you know what, this, this is pretty good. This is not a shock hire by any stretch. People knew it was coming. And I think that really helped Matt Rule and company um, uh, when they when they get into the living room People knew what it was already all about.
3: Bill, what do you make of, of Matt Rule's, I guess, updates from the recruiting trail he's been putting on Twitter where he'll just post a picture with no caption of whatever he's doing on the recruiting trail. And there was at one point him eating a, a West African dish. I believe it was pounded yam and a goosey. I could be pronouncing that it wrong. It looked I apologize. okay. It looked pretty good. And then you got him taking a picture of uh, the uh, – the philadelphia eagles stadium you got him really just going everywhere and just taking pictures of where he is on the recruiting trail what do you make of that it's kind of twofold where it it keeps fans in the know but it also lets the recruit know like man the head coach is tweeting my high school letting me know that he's here letting all the husker fans know he's here what do you make of of that approach
1: he's
5: savvy you know he gets he gets the generational play that you have to make um I'm, i'm sure when if, if Nick Saban has to do anything like that, it's probably begrudgingly. But Matt Rule is proving that he is of that um, of the generation that understands that you have to do the things that are going to connect with today's student athletes. I'm sure Lane Kiffin is that way. Uh, I'm sure you know Dion's got people who are doing that for him um, out in Colorado now. But if if you're not if if you've got to figure out how to do it, you're already behind. And I think Matt Rule during his time at uh, Baylor, that's when, you know, the, the social media aspect of recruiting really took off for him. But uh, clearly he didn't lose his touch when he went to Carolina. And he said last, the last few months before taking the Nebraska job to figure out this is what I got to do when we hit the ground running. And he's done that. So I applaud him. And it's given Nebraska fans um, confidence, I think, that – You know, he's committed to making all the rounds around the state of Nebraska to the high schools that may have been long forgotten by previous staffs. And then to see where he is there, you know, to Pennsylvania or to Texas or whatever the case might be. I think people understand that they have a guy who was working very hard for them.
2: Bill Dolman with us. Hail Varsity Radio, at Bill Dolman. No underscores with that. At Bill Dolman on Twitter. And, uh, Bill, a, a thought from you. We talk about getting an athlete you want a football player yes you want a football players mentality uh to your blue collar point Uh, but you also need the the blue chip aspect that athleticism and you can go get the the guys that will uh be rough and tumble in the phone booth and there's a lot of crossover between wrestlers and o-line or d-line play and then you look and, and as you branch out with some of the skill Nebraska seems to have a guy that played football that's a speed demon uh, that, that triple jump or long jump or they're 10-point something in the 100. So uh, what's your experience been? What's your thought when you look back at Nebraska's success? Did they dive into the, the, the track aspect a lot or was it more just kind of knowing what they see during evaluation, whether or not the kid had multiple sports under his belt.
5: I think that's always been very important to Nebraska athletics, not just, um, you know, football, but you have, you, you always, I shouldn't say you always, I think most coaches like to have athletes that, um, that participate in in different sports, aren't specialists. You know, Terry Pettit built the, uh, the volleyball program back in the, late seventies and the eighties with uh, track and field athletes around the Midwest and turned them into great volleyball players, which then, you know, Nebraska has become the hotbed of volleyball and athletes who specialize. But I think most coaches uh, really favor having athletes who have a variety of sports resumes, um, have a lot of sports on their resume. And when I, I got a kick out of this kid out of Texas, you know, I'm not a big believer in recruiting services and they slapped the stars on guys. This guy, I remember when when he when Matt Rule got the commitment of this this speed strat of Texas who's a grade one hundred guy. Bryce Turner. He didn't have any stars, right? And all of a sudden he commits to Nebraska and he's a three star guy. Well how did that happen? Hmm. Because Matt Rule decides that he's a he could be a great football player. So now all of a sudden these r- recruiting geniuses give him three stars. You know it coaches want to find people who are going to fit their system both not not just on the field but off the field and i'm sure that he's got an idea that this this kid out of texas and all the other ones that he's um, that he's recruiting are going to be the kind of people that he's going to want to uh be around personally as well as you know develop them Mm -hmm. athletically you know there's a character aspect to it as well and you might have a five-star guy and you get into the living room and it's just not a great fit personally and it's not worth pursuing that. Maybe you, but you got a three-star guy that you know has a great work ethic, may come from a farm, may come from a city, but if they want to work and they're high-character people, that's probably more valuable over time than getting an impact five-star.
3: Bill Dolman is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and you talk about impact five-stars, Bill. And there, there's also impact three-stars. It's kind of something we hit on yesterday, the fact that, the, the, the three-star to five-star to four-star to whatever the ranking is, is just kind of based on the tools a kid has, kind of like the NFL draft. And you can have impact three-stars if you, you go find the right guys and you, you get the right tools for your system. And I, I want to pose the question to you, how many – freshman do you think Nebraska needs to have their impact guys next year? Not necessarily starters, but that they see the field and they make an impact in some way. Based on how the past couple years have gone and how there's going to be some changing schemes this offseason, realistically, how many freshmen do you think Nebraska needs to be getting on the field, making some sort of impact next year?
5: I hope not very many. You know, Nebraska last year had 151 guys on the roster and 110 of them, 110 of 151 were in their first second or first 2.0, whatever season, Mm -hmm. you know, guys who were first, second, third year of college, and they were relying on those. And, you know, you think about Ernest Hausman, who I guess is going elsewhere. And, you know, that's his prerogative to do so, but think about how Ernest Hausman looked in that first game at Northwestern. Right. I mean, he looked, uh, a little disillusioned, right. You know, granted, he's playing in Ireland, of all places, for his first college game. Now, he developed as the season went on, but he kind of disappeared there for about four or five games, right? I don't think Nebraska wants to be looking for people, even though this is a new regime, I I don't think you want to be looking for impact freshmen as a priority. If somebody comes in and just dazzles you, Then yeah maybe you got to get them on the field but you would hope that those guys who remain in the program who don't jump into the transfer portal it seems like that slowed down just a little bit now it might happen again in spring but you would hope that the guys on the program are seeing this as a new opportunity to you know to get excited about playing for matt rule and his staff and, and a new philosophy and that this is their chance to seize and to make a difference that they're not worried about who's coming in in this recruiting class and who's their guys and who are the other guys' guys. Uh, I don't think it can be a priority for Nebraska to find that that guy that you're going to try and be a focal point, whether they're a wide receiver from Lincoln or a defensive lineman from Texas.
2: Bill, and to kind of piggyback off the the impact freshman, that's what's hurt Nebraska for too long and over a couple of different stabs is that you threw guys in when they were young and weren't ready and you asked them to carry too much weight. And, Bill, your confidence level here, a couple of minutes left, when it comes to rule, knowing when the kid's ready to get more time. Hausman was, all right, dude. Uh, yeah, Henrich bust up his hand. E, get in there. <laughs> that, that was it. It was, it was, it was a necessity, and it, it worked out okay for Nebraska with Ernest getting better as the year went on until he hits the portal. But rule and, and being able to, to get a kid ready and also communicate that now we think you're ready to, to get in there. That's, that's the dance that has to go on here with the portal era.
5: I would think the rule is savvy enough, and we go back to the social media thing. I think he's probably savvy enough to know the personalities once he gets to know everybody and winter conditioning and spring ball to understand that a guy who was in the program last year or maybe in his uh, going into his third year in the program, that they may be better off developing them for more immediacy and immediate need than to throw a true freshman in there. You know, as you go back in time, Will Shields, Tommy Frazier, you can – There's probably four or five true freshmen who had an immediate impact in the Nebraska football program. And I don't think any program, whether they're in the 90s or the 2020s, want to have to rely on true freshmen unless they're just absolutely a dominant player that earns the right. But even then, I don't think you want to throw them in there like Ernest Haussmann, that very first game and say, you're the only one who can help us out here. If Matt Rule is a developmental guy, he'll develop the depth that's already in the program and get those guys ready and serviceable. And if there's somebody who can play, they'll get them ready for when the time is, uh, when they are needed later on.
2: That's the question. How much depth is in the program? Bill. Although not- I do like the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the yeah. kicker could have an impact pretty quick. Bill's like, get... Uh- get the West Side kid uh, the new Adidas and, uh, and and hustle them out there bill we love Chet checking in with you we'll uh, we'll do this again before we sign off uh, for the the holiday season the Christmas season but always appreciate you thank you so much for spending time tonight
5: all right guys go big Red and Merry Christmas
2: there we go Bill Dolman with us no underscore there at Bill Dolman <laughs> on Twitter. Bill, we'll see you soon. Appreciate your time, bud. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, we'll uh, get some thoughts on the recruiting weekend. Brady Altman's on the way uh, with Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency.
3: Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription that means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and
1: now and now back to hail varsity radio
2: be sure to check out the podcast with Hailvar City Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the whole show there for you. Also our different segments. Uh, so if you just want to hear from Brady Oldman's, you can do that. Bill Dolman, Jacob Badilla, just as an example, you can watch the entire show comment. On the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, or find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Brady Oltman's with us, staff writer, HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. He has been your eyes and ears for Nebraska's recruiting weekend and also all the uh, the changes that have gone on with the Nebraska staff. Brady, thanks for spending time. Good to have you in uh, back in on a Friday. And you got to commit today. Uh, for Nebraska uh, with the, the uh, talented uh, kicker with, uh, with Westside. Uh, and you have Ovano uh, can can just, just drill it, man. You need that in Big Ten games. As you look at the visitors list this weekend, uh, either Portal or High Schooler, who's the number one get? Who do you think's top, top of the board when you combine both Portal and High School Prospect?
0: Um... Well, you think, it's funny that you mentioned Tristan, because I even, in my brain, I was like, did he commit today? And that's how how hectic. That's how
2: you run and left to right to north to south. Yeah, I get it.
0: Um, You know, I would say I'm kind of caught. Ramir Stewart, the safety out of Philadelphia, is a big one, I think. Um, Looking at his film, he's one I think that would really fit well and work at Nebraska. But the other one that really jumps out to me uh portal wise is a uh, chief borders the mm-hmm. linebacker from Florida. Uh, he's got a great build, got a great drive and engine to him. He only really played on special teams this last year for Florida, but I mean he's got that nose for the ball, and I think he's he's got that kind of that snarl to him. He plays with a meanness um, and is ready to get after it. So I think uh, those two guys are ones that jump off the page that we know for a fact are in Lincoln now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, somebody else could you know, materialize out that they get in.
3: Okay. Brady, I I spent last night watching some film on some of the guys that are going to be in town this weekend. And there's one guy I mentioned him back in hour one. So I apologize for resetting this kid all over again, but his film just was phenomenal to me. He's a linebacker and he really reminded me almost like for like of Ernest Hausman, maybe even a little bit more athletic than Ernest Hausman was at this time last year. And it's Eric Fields out of Ardmore, Oklahoma. His dad is a former professional boxer who fought for a WBO belt. He is ridiculously fast runs uh, a 10 yeah. 8 100-yard dash in a 200-plus pound pound frame, and he's flown really under the radar recruitment-wise. It looks like right now Arkansas State might be his number one school. And I just look at this guy, and I don't understand how he's not ranked. I don't understand how he doesn't have any stars behind his name. I don't understand how Nebraska could be lucky into something like this. But everything about this kid just screams he's a dude. 180 tackles his senior season while also starting at running back. Like... (laughs) I just don't understand how this kid flies under the radar. Have you seen his film? What do you think of Fields and, and in terms of get ability? It seems like a guy that Nebraska could lock in this weekend.
0: Oh, I, I completely agree with you. He's a guy that if you get the chance to see him on film, he's going to pop out. I mean, he he is. He has athletic. He he flows north and south as well as he does east and west. Uh, he can fill gaps and speed. And I he strikes me as one of those guys that might be like the fellow commit um, Kirwin Ives um, mm-hmm. that he's because I, I i'm doing a story on him talking with his coach earlier this week and he's another kid that kind of got unranked didn't really have the stars and coach told me well because he's he's doing track when others when other of these guys are doing camps and showcases and everything to get stars he's he's dropping 27 points a game in basketball season and then running track too the only times he's even in the gym or during the summers or during football season we don't have him, you know just doing one sport the whole time I wonder if that's kind of part of it. Uh, it. It's, I don't know, it's one of those things that can happen when you're not at a prestige school or you were, not, you don't have a guy specializing in one sport. But in terms of getting him, I think absolutely Nebraska has a play for him with this coaching staff and the way that if you can get a kid in for an official visit, I mean, last weekend showed that they can blow kids out, you know, blow them out of the water, mm-hmm. blow them away. Just get them in and they they buy in right away. So I, I think that that's definitely a possibility this week. Well, I
3: think that the best way to sum up this weekend, aside from some transfer portal guys, is that Matt Rule said his opening press conference when I was with the Panthers, I was seeing all these guys from little schools that were very, very good athletes. We're looking at look, drafting them in the second or third round. And my, my philosophy here is let's get those kids that are going to these little schools, let's bring them to Nebraska and turn them into something special. And I think there's a few guys that fit that mold very well in this recruiting weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's to a T. It's the the little guy, the overlooked, under um, starred, under evaluated, whatever it is. But a kid with a kid chip on a shoulder and a high ceiling for development—that's the Matt Rule kind of guy.
2: Brady Altman's joining us. HaleVarsity varsity.com and magazine uh, at Brady Altman's on Twitter's where you follow him. Recruiting weekend for Nebraska, and let's spend a minute on uh, the trait part. As it'd be interesting to to get. Either a physical look at, at this checklist, or body type, or match. And years ago, had a dear friend that that was working on on Saban's recruiting staff uh, was was an analyst down there, and it was a it was a giant binder of kind of the Bama Bible of of recruiting. I'd love to to have a closer look at what Matt Rule follows and goes by. He's verbalized it. And clearly, he's shown uh, what what he likes, and it's 10 point something in the 100 meter, <laughs> okay? <laughs> from a, so, from a speed standpoint, you got to be fast to play for Matt Rule. But just curious here, from a uh, mentality or uh, a physical makeup, aside from speed, wh- what are some of those uh, those match game traits that you think that, all right, tip of the tongue for a, for a Matt Rule when it comes to looking for a kid and then, Obviously, they've got to connect uh, when they do
0: meet. Um, One thing that really jumps out to you, aside from the speed, is just the frame. They don't have to be fully built out now, but they've got to be able – they've got to have the body that says we're going to get them into the proper nutrition regimen and the proper weight, you know, collegiate weight regimen, uh, get them in our, our collective, you know, weights a uh, training system and they can add 15 20 pounds right away and they're going to be able to still run fast they're still going to be able to be uh, quick to the ball and not be encumbered by all that added muscle mass on them um, outside of just the sheer uh, you know knock you off your feet kind of speed that's that's what i see that they're going after and looking at all these kids i mean they're outside of just their natural athletic gift of playing football They've, they've got that build that says that they're ready for development in a couple of years as well.
3: Brady, it hasn't seemed like a, uh, a point of emphasis here this first recruiting cycle to go hit the JUCOs very hard, and I want to get your take on that. We saw uh, a team that's just down the road in Iowa Western have a great performance against Hutch on Tuesday night, and it, it seems like there's a hotbed of talent both in Iowa and Kansas and JUCO, and that hasn't seemed to be a point of emphasis from this staff. Do you have a read on, on what this staff wants to do with junior college players?
0: well it seems so far they're i mean they're certainly not shying away from juco guys i mean k or kai wallen from american eagle uh or american river sorry Mm -hmm. the eagles um they got him last week and they've the last coaching staff and under mickey joseph's interim status is you know kind of leading the recruiting charge they did go after some juco guys especially juco linemen they wanted they saw offensive and defensive lines as a spot that needed immediate addressing so they wanted to get guys in with that body mass and guys that can play right away. Uh, I just think that the way that Matt Rule looks at things and the way that this coaching staff, I think, has a unified vision for development and those kind of underutilized guys, they, they would rather have a kid in for four or five years of development rather than go through you know the JUCO route where you have less eligibility years. But that's not obviously not to say that they aren't going to mm-hmm. give a kid a look if they can fit right in because clearly they, they do have eyes out on JUCO. Uh, I not exactly sure if they, uh, honored all of the offers that got offered to some of the Iowa Western and even Hutch guys that were involved in Tuesday's championship game. I know the previous staff had, pro- I think, uh, if I remember correctly, about eight offers to different kids on the field at that game. Um, but so far, none of them have committed to Nebraska. So we, do- we're not sure.
3: So would you say maybe the philosophy over the next year is make the best out of what you currently have on the roster, bringing some transfer portal guys to fill some gaps while your main focus is in the wings trying to develop some dudes that are going to be backups this year, getting some spot playing time, and those are going to be your guys moving forward that you build the roster upon. Do you think that's the kind of the, the philosophy that we're seeing here over the past couple weeks?
0: I think so. I think it's a lot of you get that young nucleus or that group, that core group at each position. And then as a collective group of a team, develop them, bridge out. And then if you can get a guy that you can do that for, uh, from the transfer portal for a short-term thing, get them in, fill a spot and go with that to try to uh, turn this thing around as fast as possible.
2: Brady, the Florida connection, how important is that for Nebraska moving forward? And your thought here on Philip Simpson, how he can help with that, Uh, did wonderful work uh, down in Florida at the high school level.
0: Well, it's really fascinating to look at. I mean, I think when I asked about the coaching search stuff and talked to agents and I talked to anybody involved in that, they all said that your top uh, hurdle that you're going to deal with is recruiting. Well, Matt Rule, basically every single person he's got in has been a recruiting coordinator or a big-time recruiter at some level. Um, even Philip Simpson that they get in now um, he's already they've already offered a sophomore corner you know at the high school that he was coaching at and and you kind of see it's mixed up by his experience at Texas. They've shown an ability to recruit mm-hmm. Texas. They're going in Jersey, they're going Pennsylvania now they're in Florida and they're, they've, they've got some offers in in Michigan and all over the place. it just it shows that they're not afraid. To spread their recruiting map as wide as possible, and they're not afraid to just go after it. I mean, Kai Wallen again um, is from California. You know, they are going to be aggressive when it comes to recruiting, and they're just going to be aggressive when it comes to getting guys who can recruit. And and if you want to get Nebraska back up to prominence, like he's talked about, that's what you got to do.
2: He's also very sensitive of the re- the relationship build Brady in state, and he's taken not just token time in Nebraska, but he's, he's really worked in-state here. He's done a nice yeah. job of balancing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't speak enough about it. I think he, there's a concerted effort by the entire coaching staff and a unified vision to ensure that kids who grow up in Nebraska, they have the choice to either I want to go to Nebraska or I can go elsewhere, but it's going to be tough to turn down Nebraska. Um, and even some of the guys that are committed elsewhere now, they, they again, to their point on aggression, they are going hard at flipping some of these kids. I mean, they are really trying to um, to make a last push ahead of early signing day that says Nebraska's really going to be your best option under us now. We don't know what happened before, but we are going to be your new coaches, or we want to be.
2: Brady, 10 seconds. What's coming up from you and the new issue of Hale Varsity Magazine?
0: Well, I did a deep dive on Matt Rule's background, a lot of the stuff, him growing up in New York and then uh, State College and football and playing at Penn State just to kind of get an idea of who he is as a person.
2: Can't wait for it. Can subscribe, hailvarsity.com, backslash subscribe. Save 10 bucks. the print, the digital. GBR is your code. And great work from Brady. Follow him at Brady Oltman's for all the recruiting updates uh, this weekend and beyond. Brady, we'll see you soon. Thanks for the time, man.
1: Appreciate you guys. There he is. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back with you, at Hail Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder, the weekend edition tomorrow morning, locally in Lincoln, ESPN Lincoln, 7 to 9 a.m. So if you're up making a coffee run, you're getting the kids to workouts, training, their job or what have you, uh, catch us or get the podcast of the weekend. Mr. Cranach will be ready to rock. Elijah is not allowed to leave the studio, especially during uh, early signing period week. Bless his heart. And I'll be uh, fighting off the German Shepherd. So, Pot Roast, the uh, Nebraska defensive line coach, Terrence Knighton, uh, tweeting out uh, a little bit earlier today around noon, cinnamon rolls and chili with several question marks. And I know Alton Brown was here at the lead center in Lincoln last week. Mm-hmm. And the chef, you know, from Food Network, is that where he was at? Yeah. I, good I eats. Watched, Did you watch Good Eats back Yeah, no, there? I watched his shows, yeah. I, I just didn't know what, what network. Sometimes they, they jump around to the Food Channel, Food Network, whatever. Anywho, you have uh, Pot Roast saying, you know, is this a thing? And people freaked out over Alton uh, doing it the wrong
3: way Wait, uh, alton brown dumped his chili on, on top, top of, of the this cinnamon, cinnamon roll, roll. And, and that's wrong and, and and
2: listen i don't care how you eat it if it is your thing i know it's uh, flexed on i mean nebraska is known for a lot of things nebraska is known for amazing steaks nebraska is known for the the best corn on the cob nebraska is known for being Fabulous and the creator of the Reuben. Yeah. Nebraska's known for runza. Nebraska's known for Kool-Aid. In the wrong parts of the state, Nebraska's known for meth.
3: <laughs> I wasn't expecting that turn
2: right okay. there. But But cinnamon rolls and chili are, to keep the drug reference going, like crack to some people. They love it.
3: It's 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 I think it's phenomenal. It, 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 I I disagree. I disagree that if anyone pours their chili on top of their cinnamon roll, I firmly disagree with how you are choosing to live your life. Okay. That is wrong. There should not be a bean or a piece of ground beef or what have you in your chili that comes into a bite of a cinnamon roll. That is wrong. The proper way to do it, what if you're scoop but but you, you're you're unravelling the cinnamon roll yeah. that's
2: on your bread plate. Yeah. Or or your napkin. And then you're dipping
3: into the chili. You, yes, you dip into the chili to get the sauce. You don't yes. dip in to get like meat and no, beans. No, you're, you're not. You're not. You're not Fritos scooping it. No, this is not. This it's is not, not a taco scoop. dip. No, this is not a tortilla chip with salsa. This is a nice little a, a, a just a little dip to get a little essence of chili on your cinnamon roll, and it gives like a, a sweet bite with a little bit of that chili savoriness, the saltiness, sweet and heat, or yeah, yeah. sweet and salty. That's yeah. a good good combo. Dumping it on top wrong. If you want to have it each separately, I understand that you're not an adventurous person and you probably don't like having fun. That's okay. Some people are like, you you can have them each individually. That is also perfectly fine. The best way to do it, though, I will take this to my grave. Half my family, more than half of my family disagrees with me on this. It's the dip. Just a slight little dip into the chili, a little dunk, if you will. (laughs) That is the proper way to do chili and cinnamon rolls. See, my
2: wife will make chili a few times a year. Does not have enough uh, spice to it, and it does not have enough ground beef to it. But I thank her for making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm still safe, I think, when I go home.
3: Well, I'll make and you I'll make you a batch of Elijah's famous chili sometime. I got a good old chili recipe. You, you
2: know, you ate it for a week, and you said it was wonderful. And then we'll, we'll do the cinnamon rolls in the oven, and we'll have cinnamon rolls and in, in chili. Do you judge how someone eats their chili as in what they put on their chili? Sour cream, cheese, extra onion, Tabasco. I mean, to me, you've got to have some sort of Berlin Wall up. If you're going to dip your cinnamon roll in your chili, it can't be with cheese and sour cream and chives and all of that. Mucking it up.
3: That's where we disagree. Make the, really? make the chili how you want it, how you like your chili, and then dip the, the dip the uh, the cinnamon roll in. Just make the chili how you like it. You know how I like it? But I'm saying the the, the, the garnish on yeah, the chili. Throw whatever you want in there. I garnish mine with Fritos, cheese, sour cream, lettuce, Fritos and salsa.
2: One. Whoa.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Make it like a walking taco type thing. Fritos, chili, cheese, lettuce, sour cream, and then if you're feeling adventurous, throw a little salsa in there, or. Sriracha.
2: You have you've, you've been banned to East Germany with uh, no. with, with the lettuce take.
3: Okay. I will that's fine. That's a herbal family tradition. If you want to insult <laughs> the herbal family like that, you go ahead. Go ahead. I, I eat it like my father who ate it like his father before him, ate with, it like his father with, before with, him. With lettuce? Yes.
2: I think the Fritos on it are good. We we're probably boring the hell out of people with chili talk, forgive
3: me, but now, Prince. Um... Wait, can I quickly add one last thing on the uh, the chili talk here before we go to a more important and more relevant topic? A big secret. Not many people will tell you this. It really helps. Well, I guess it's two. First off, alcohol. No. Well, uh, there' a, a good little shot of whiskey in there is solid, but a little bit of anchovy paste. Ooh. It sounds wrong, but it gives. It's just. It's just what it is. Is it's like. Salt in a paste, and what it has is it has monosodium glutamate, MSG. People have a scare campaign against MSG. (laughs) It tastes better, and the the adverse effects are the exact same as salt. If you use MSG in high quantities, it's the same side effects and and effects of salt. So I will say, either a little MSG or a little anchovy paste, it really is going to help your your chili out at home. Here,
2: uh, we got to pull Vogel tomorrow on his his chili. Vogel's is, like, from scratch good with his chili sauce or making a barbecue sauce even and then cranak has his name up on o street i've heard his is good he, three times and it's not the normal name you see on o street on some bathroom wall <laughs> okay this is like chili champion of o street three years running during his undergraduate years mm-hmm. so you have to talk to him about the the lettuce part fred hoiberg was not asked about chili today but he was asked about his basketball team and, and how they processed a torrid week against three ranked teams, two in the top five, and, and getting ready for K-State.
6: Team's doing well. They obviously had a very important week with finals, and it's always a very unique time in our schedule. in in this business. When you have finals week, you have a couple guys that really uh, have to finish strong in that area. Our guys, for the most part, did a great job all semester putting themselves in a good position. But there's always a couple guys that really have to do a great job finishing and cramming and staying, uh, having long hours over with the tutors. Uh, but looks like our guys have done a really good job and we won't have any issues heading into the next semester it's it's an emotional time as well especially when you came off of last week and then you have the lull of, of a week without playing games and now we got to get back into that competitive spirit we we try to have good hard competitive practices uh, but nothing compares to that game type action and you know really we haven't played a team like this in a long time that has this type of length across the board and athleticism they're really good on the offensive glass and we have to Get back, and we have to get our defense set. Probably pretty similar to, to Creighton as far as getting back and getting them into a half court. Uh, you know, by maybe sacrificing a little bit on the offensive glass. But you know, they, they, again, it's, it's it's a great opportunity for us. Again, playing against another Power Five team, Power Five league, in a, in a great venue, and important stretch for us heading into the break.
2: Let's squeeze in uh, Kise Tominaga from Fred if we can and just what he's doing so
3: well right now. I think we might be out of time. Ay, right. those, okay. those hard breaks will get you every time.
2: They do, but that's okay. Uh, we'll hear uh, a couple of last thoughts from Fred Hoiberg. Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio podcast is available, and you are invited to partake in that. Subscribe does not cost you anything, and you can watch and comment on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Give us a follow on Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter, at, as well as at HVarsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, where you can access the, the podcast download as well. We'll wind out a Friday. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother.
3: Give me a hug. we in for the real thing
1: on call for you catch the podcast at hail the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes Saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
2: winding down a friday it's hail varsity radio presented by currency for all your equipment financing needs go currency chris schmidt and elijah herbal reminder to get buckled up this Holiday season, using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So the thing that's happened this year with this Nebraska basketball team is they have rarely had it, it hit and click on all cylinders. They've either been without one of their stars or both of their stars and Walker or Sam and when they've had him, it's, it's looked pretty good. Uh, the other night, as Nebraska fought and fought and fought overtime with Purdue, uh, Wiltshire had a, had a tough night. Still busted his butt defensively, didn't let it affect him on, defen- on, on the defensive side of the court. But think about getting him in that magnitude of game uh, where he's able to hit some shots. So he was off offensively. Uh, Tomanaga came in off the bench and really sparked. So there's some, some games, guys, will disappear, but there's someone else who steps up. Nebraska will need that tomorrow. And from a turnover standpoint, that's going to be your key tomorrow. But what kind of performance and consistency do you get from Kise? Does he come off uh, the bench tomorrow and, uh, and, and stay hot from three? Fred was asked a little bit earlier today, Fred Hoiberg, about Tominaga and his impact.
6: He's just, he's finding his spots. And I, I think he's really improved as a cutter. And he's he's very random in his movements, which is hard to prepare for. But he's really figured out, uh, you know, and he's he's really playing off of Derrick well. And he knows if he cuts hard, cuts with force, cuts with pace, that Derrick a lot of times will find him. And Greasel will, will find him on those uh, cuts and slashes. And then just the confidence he's playing with right now, Those those threes he hit in the Purdue game to get us back into it, I think the second one got it back to a four-point game and just, you know, the atmosphere in there when Kaysay's hitting shots like that is off the charts and it's fun to see he's got such an infectious personality he plays the game with such joy and passion and it's been good to see his hard work uh you know pay off this year and, and be rewarded for everything that he's done but you know i think when you look back over casey's last year he's used to the speed of it he came in i think it's a huge adjustment for everybody but what he has been able to do after a great summer on his national team and build confidence that way against some of the best players in the world uh is certainly carrying over to his uh to his confidence that he's playing with right now
2: that's the name of the game and he always plays with a bit of a flair and there's either team Tominaga or team uh wear out all right with some of his his antics and if he keeps hitting threes uh, against teams like purdue he'll he'll sway that uh scale decidedly in his favor because he's he's been producing
3: well he's a, he's a spark plug think about it like the spark plugs in your car whenever they're working like yeah it provides some energy and you really need it within that that engine to make things go but whenever your spark plugs aren't working you're going to be mad like very very mad (laughs) it's a real pain in the ass to get those things changed out like spark plug goes bad you're going to have some issues but as long as the spark plugs working like I mean, that's what he is with this with this basketball team is he comes in, he knocks down a shot, fires up the crowd, gets some momentum behind this team, and then goes in, and sits on the bench and cheers on his team, provides energy from there. That's what he is within this team dynamic. Is just he he's, he's a bit of well. a
2: pest. He's a bit of a pest, and that's in, in a good way.
3: He brings energy in all three areas and You of the love court. him if he's on your team. Offensively, defensively, and from that bench mob standpoint, he's got energy in all three.
2: Minus three is the number K-State's favorite. We'll talk more tomorrow, 7 a.m. with the Weekend Edition. Take care.
1: A Huda Media Production.